0: Today is Wednesday, May 3rd, 2023. This is Quick Start from CBN News. I'm Dan Andros. President Biden makes a decision on border troops. We'll have that top story and more on today's podcast where we bring you news from a Christian perspective. Don't forget to subscribe, share it with a friend, leave a rating. You can email us as well QuickstartPodcast at CBN.org. We're getting through the news of the Cray here, as we do each and every weekday at 7 a.m. joining me to get through it billy hallowell tragons phillips what's up fellas living the dream all right
1: right we're already what is it hump day we're already to wednesday what a what a week the way it's flying by
0: yes what do we have coming up on the uh focus story today well
2: we're gonna be talking about senator tim scott and his views on abortion which is it's interesting in light of the fact that he might be running for president
0: yeah certainly and on the main thing coming up We have the world's largest porn site, Pornhub. They blocked Utah, from, or people in Utah, from accessing its platform for a bizarre reason. Um, And we have the details on that on the main thing. But first, we're going to get through the news here in 90 seconds. 1,500 active duty U.S. troops are going to be sent to the southern border. That's what... The Biden administration has approved to happen in the coming days as he prepares for Title 42 being lifted. Soldiers from different units would serve 90 days in mostly administrative roles to free up Border Patrol to pursue uh, migrants crossing the border. This is according to two U.S. officials that uh, are familiar with what's going on in that situation. And Vice Media is preparing to file for bankruptcy, according to sources close to the matter, speaking to Axios. Vice was once considered one of the most successful news startups of all time. It was once valued at $5.7 billion just a few years ago. Now they're taking steps to possibly file for bankruptcy if it can't get a buyer in the next couple of weeks. And the U.S. military is tracking another mysterious balloon. Military officials say it's unclear what the balloon is or who it belongs to, while adding it doesn't pose a threat to aerial traffic or national security. It was flying over Hawaii and is moving slowly towards Mexico. Those are just some of today's top headlines. You can check out those stories and more over at CBNnews.com. Guys, this balloon story here, I just have to say, the military officials commenting on it, saying that they don't know what it is or who it belongs to, but that it's not a threat. Now, (laughs) I I don't know how those two, I mean, maybe there's some more details that I'm missing here. Well, we don't know what it is, but don't worry about it at all.
2: We have no idea (laughs) at all what this giant flotation device is in the air. But don't worry, it's not dangerous. That that was the first thought that I had when I saw this. I'm thinking, you know, and like we, we have to just trust this and assume. I mean, like if you don't know what it is, how can you know it's
1: safe? Right. Yeah, I think that's... <laughs> That kind of seems to be like a one hundred and one for figuring out uh, the <laughs> the safety of something is identifying what on earth it is. Yeah. Um, so I, I don't know. And then the, uh, what is with the balloons in twenty twenty three? I don't know. I just don't, like why did we decide in twenty twenty three? Let's send balloons over into the United States. I know. What, like, is is it, this just some big practical joke, or is it actually a threat? I guess we'll never know.
0: Have we found ourselves in a M- Marvel multiverse, and like eighteen eleven threats are like you know from the year eighteen eleven? They've come back now through some wormhole, and we're I don't know. I mean, we're, like we're balloons using floating again. around. Yeah, right. <laughs> exactly. are drop muskets from this guy. <laughs> muskets will be coming in we're gonna have you know 400 heavy horse Cannon. Uh, yeah exactly i mean it's it's uh it's just very bizarre the balloon thing is a head scratcher for sure i don't i know china did i still can't picture them I mean, you know what we should do guys let's just get a balloon <laughs> way up there they'll never see it coming i don't and know
2: they won't be able to pop
0: it <laughs> very bizarre i in- just
2: i can't i mean I, why can't they just be And uh, i'm assuming they're not being honest why can't they just say we're trying to figure it out we don't know you don't you already told us you don't know what it is right They know
0: it's safe. They know it's safe. Don't panic, everyone. Don't panic, everyone. We're just completely unsure of what it is or what it's carrying or what it's doing, but where it's uh, from. Just don't worry about it. You're safe. Oh man, you gotta love it. So, all right, we're gonna move on to our focus story here. And Senator Tim Scott is expected to officially announce his candidacy later this month with abortion continuing to emerge as a major issue. So you caught up with him recently, Billy. What did he have to say?
2: you know, it's it's interesting because this topic has tripped up a number of candidates and it's become abortion is always a big topic. But in the post row era, this is huge. People want to know where both sides of the aisle stand on the issue and where the candidates stand. And so we had a chance to to talk about abortion. And Senator Scott said a couple of really interesting things. He said, we cannot miss the fact that life has intrinsic value because it comes from God. That was his first statement on abortions. So before getting into policy, he was talking about this statement, this theological faith statement. Um, and then he went on to say, I have a 100% pro-life voting record and I'm 100% pro-life Conservative, but from there he went into really talking about what he would do as president. He said he would sign the most positive, conservative, pro-life piece of legislation he could get on his desk, and uh, he, he said there were a number of things that would need to happen, um, you know, really before that happened. And so we can kind of get into that, but but really, basically saying, look, I'm going to push pro-life policies if I'm elected president, mm-hmm. and if and he runs, he hasn't announced yet.
0: Yeah, and what do you think, given his these comments that he made here, what do you think make them unique kind of compared to what are some of the more run-of-the-mill things that have been said about abortion recently?
2: Well, the things that are getting people and tr- candidates in trouble, I think, are any if anybody thinks that somebody's hedging or they're trying to pull back, let's remember abortion and I think it's more complicated than some were letting on, but the midterms were not seen as being this massive red wave in part because of abortion and where the public stands on it. So a lot of Republican candidates, I think, or prospective candidates are trying to kind of wade into this carefully to not reject maybe the independents in the middle of the road folks in America because if you're not elected, you can't do anything about abortion, right? So what he said, though, that I do think was unique, um, he said it would be impossible for that legislation to get to his desk and this is a quote from him, without us first winning the hearts and minds of the American people. And I thought that was an interesting statement because it basically seems to be acknowledging that the hearts and minds of the American people on this issue of abortion are not necessarily where some pro-lifers are on the issue. And I think we've seen that in the polling on this. What's going
0: on with some of the other Republican candidates uh, on this issue?
2: Yeah. And one more thing before I get into that, he did talk about limiting abortion to no more than 15 weeks, which Mm. is a very specific marker. Yeah. Um, And so that kind of brings me into some of the others. You know, Trump fell um, in disfavor among some because he said a few weeks ago that the Supreme Court got it right when the justices overturned Roe and put abortion back to the states. That's actually a relatively conservative position in some ways. But abortion is a complicated issue. And people do want to see some people in the pro-life movement federal action. Um, A lot of his critics thought, oh, is he saying that there's no federal action on this then, right? That as president, he wouldn't do anything federally. And then a week later, Trump said he was exploring different options. He appeared to maybe be open to the 15-week ban. And that 15-week ban is popping up quite a bit. A 20-week ban is popping up as well in this conversation. You then had Mike Pence, former vice president. He was pushing back on Trump's initial statements. He said he disagreed and that he saw opportunities for the federal government to further protect life. And then the last one I'll hit is uh, Nikki Haley here, uh, former South Carolina governor, former ambassador to the UN. She has announced her candidacy. And, you know, she basically said that no Republican president will have the ability to ban abortion nationwide. And not everybody, you know, liked those comments either, but she said we have to face this reality. The pro-life laws that have passed in strongly Republican states will not be approved at the federal level. And so, you know, those are statements that some people, again, had a, had a tough time with, but it does seem that she's acknowledging the polling on this again, which backs what she's saying, I think.
0: Yeah. So what, Um. what do you think uh, else was notable in this interview? You got to catch up with a guy who's about to run for president. So what, what uh, would you think?
2: Yeah, I think the big thing, I'd encourage people to watch this interview with Senator Scott over on our YouTube channel. And we've written about it. He talked about his life and his faith and that's something you don't always hear about from candidates and where he came from growing up in a single parent home um, and and really struggling in his life in a lot of ways and recognizing what he said was the American dream um, and and really just his passion for America. So a lot of interesting things, but the faith content there I thought was um, intriguing. I think voters would find it fascinating.
0: Yeah, definitely. And as you mentioned there, we'll we'll put the link to the interview on YouTube that we have on YouTube. We'll put it here in the comments uh description the description part of this uh podcast episode we'll we'll leave it in there so appreciate bringing that story billy that's gonna move us over to the main thing here and Pornhub has banned utah residents from accessing its site the world's largest pornography platform and a lot of people are saying good riddance trey spoke with anti-sex trafficking expert don hawkins ceo of the national center on sexual exploitation about the move and what it might mean for pornography access nationally that's today's main thing
1: don hawkins thank you so much for joining us how are you doing today
3: it's a good day today thanks for having me
1: (laughs) oh no thank you so much for doing it so you're the ceo of the national center on exploitation I figured we should start with that because of the subject matter we're going to be talking about, which is uh, this latest back and forth between Utah and Pornhub. Which, if you don't know the story, it's kind of that might be you might be scratching your head wondering why are Utah <laughs> and Pornhub in the news? Uh, but Pornhub has banned. Utah residents anybody with if the Utah IP address from accessing Pornhub uh, because the state has implemented age verification requirements. So before we get into too many other details, tell us a little bit about NCOS and the reaction that y'all have uh, to this decision by Pornhub and also the law from Utah.
3: Sure. Well, I just love this because we believe... Kids shouldn't be exposed to this hardcore violent material, sexually explicit material. And Utah agreed. They passed legislation. They've actually passed two really powerful bills. One of them requires age verification of all of the people who are accessing these websites to make sure that kids are not on these websites. And the other really powerful bill is that the device at the device level filters will automatically be turned on. So Pornhub is responding to this. They're angry that the state has demanded that they protect kids from getting this dangerous material. And so they decided to just deploy this gimmick and shut down the whole website for the state. Well, I would say it's good for all people in Utah that, they, that this isn't being shoved in their faces. But also it goes to show that Pornhub is just They're really hanging on by a thread. They're trying to do all they can right now. I'm not sure if your audience realizes, but there are a dozen lawsuits against Pornhub. All of their like mainstream kind of partner, corporate partners have cut ties with them. These are big advertising companies like Unilever and Kraft Heinz, Visa, MasterCard, Discover, PayPal, all stopped processing payments for them. They're being sued in civil court, federal court. They're... Criminal charges are coming. They've de- they're declaring bankruptcy. They're laying people off. So this is just yet another ploy to try to save themselves. <laughs>
1: Yeah no the, you're you're absolutely right and I'm glad you mentioned it because things are not going well for Pornhub which uh, in our view is a good thing uh, we don't want to see Pornhub thriving and, and succeeding uh, not because of any sort of attack on free speech which is what Pornhub so often says uh, but because of the reasons that you laid out right which is that this is a net negative particularly for younger uh, kids because it fuels the sexual exploitation it fuels a lot of trafficking and also we just nobody really should want kids to be exposed to this kind uh, of content so i, I want to ask you though because pornhub in addition to blocking access to the site in utah uh, they've also said that this is an attack on privacy uh, that this utah legislation is an attack on people's rights to privacy because they now have to verify their age with an id mm-hmm. tell us a little bit about oh about my that.
3: goodness how hypocritical Pornhub and these huge pornography websites are keeping so much data on every. We think Google has a lot of data. These pornography websites have a lot and it's completely unregulated. So it's just very ironic that they're using that argument number one. Number two, there are so many tools now to verify age without getting an individual's contact information or like even their actual name. There's an entire industry around verifying age and like the gambling industry uses it. Other countries are using it very well. The United, the United Kingdom has already deployed stuff like this and people aren't having to give their ID. Their, Pornhub is just trying to scare people into like thinking that this is the solution is that you have to give your id or your credit card and that is not at all the case there are so many other technology tools now that do verify your age and your just your behavior online and not getting at you as an individual
1: You know, with this topic getting so much attention in the headlines right now, this is an issue that's been ongoing. As you said, there are dozens of lawsuits currently against Pornhub, so it's something that I think uh, has reached a level of of our national psyche. It's something that a lot of us are aware of. With this Utah legislation and the decision by Pornhub to ban access, what could this mean nationally, do you think? Could, Could we see this happening in other states?
3: Well, actually, this year, 18 states introduced legislation that was similar to this bill in Utah requiring age verification. And it's it's really happened organically. Last year, Louisiana passed the bill. And as a result, just all these other states, they all want to protect their kids. It's like this awakening that we've had to where we're we're saying enough to big tech and the dangers that are coming at them. and And as a result, legislators are moving to take action. So whether we like, wanted or not i think this kind of solution is 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 coming
1: mm-hmm. yeah absolutely and don i i want to make sure we touch on this so this is a bit of a topic shift but uh, the mm-hmm. national center on sexual exploitation uh, just released its latest dirty dozen list which people <laughs> might raise their eyebrow and go what in the world does that mean so t- before we get into what's on the list tell us a little bit about what it actually is
3: yeah, well, you know, this is why I'm happy today, because I love this campaign. It's It's been 10 years of it. We name 12 mainstream companies every year who are facilitating and contributing the sexual abuse and exploitation. And these are mainstream companies that most of us are using in our daily lives. And um, as a result of this, so much good has happened. Hundreds of thousands of people have joined with us, contacting the executives at these companies, demanding that they change. And so instead of facilitating exploitation, they become, they've become partners in ending the problem. And so we just announced the list today and we invite you all to join and see the full list at dirtydozenlist.com. But I'll I'll drop a couple of hints or a couple of people who were companies that were named. We named Apple... App Store. A lot of people I think are gonna be surprised about Apple. The thing is, is 90% of our teams that have a smartphone have an Apple device. Apple has become the gateway to all of the content consumed by our young people. And also like the people that have access to our young people. But the problem is that Apple has really deceptive app ratings. They will say an app is for age four, four plus when really it's appropriate for an adult. Um, or age 12 and up, when really they're the apps, like even Instagram and Snapchat, for example, are full of sexually explicit content. There are hundreds of cases of predator, predatory targeting and grooming of young people on these apps. This is only the exploitation space. And there's also like drugs, you know, eating disorders, tons of mental health struggles that our kids are having because of these apps. And Google says, or Apple says, it's just for 12 year olds, right? So. We put them on there. We're demanding that they fix their app ratings, that they have accurate ratings and accurate descriptions so that the parental controls work, so that we as parents have more tools in our toolbox to be able to help our kids. So that's a surprise. one. I think another one is Spotify. A lot of people have no idea. Spotify is really like just known to stream music, but there's also the ability to upload video and photos and tons of hardcore pornography and like anime pornography has found its way onto this website and our kids know it our kids know it and that's where they're going and watching this stuff they're trading it and parents have no idea and spotify has known now for more than a year that this stuff is all over its platform and they've done nothing to take care of it and their parental controls frankly they are terrible so there too. You can go see more at dirtydozenlist.com.
1: For people who want to learn more and want to dive deeper into this issue, where can they go? What resources do you have that they can look into?
3: Yeah, visit our website insexualexploitation.org and we've got a lot of resources there from research to like other organizations where you can find really um, you know, helpful helpful ways to help and then you could take action. You can take action on the dirty dozen list and a whole host of other ways on our website.
1: Awesome. Don Hawkins, CEO of National Center on Sexual Exploitation. Thank you so much for your time.
0: All right, Trey, appreciate you bringing us that conversation there. Certainly very interesting development and we'll keep an eye on it as it progresses and potentially advances to maybe other states. So appreciate that. And that leaves us with time here for one last thing. Joshua
2: 23, 8, a really simple portion of this verse. It just says, but cleave unto the Lord. Cling to the Lord, basically. And such a simple reminder from Scripture that we need to integrate into our own lives. When we want to cling to other things, people, things, material possessions, cling to the cling to the Lord, that's where we should get our strength and yeah. our truth from.
0: Very simple, but something that we forget a lot. We really do.
1: Yeah, for sure. Look, I think so much of this world is uncertain and constantly in the air or constantly shifting. Uh, he's an anchor that doesn't change that we can really attach ourselves to and is is the only promise that that we can trust to never uh, to never not come to fruition, right? It's the only one that he's the only one that will be faithful through everything.
0: Absolutely, absolutely. All right. Great place to leave it for today's podcast episode. As always, don't forget, you can email us quickstartpodcast at cbn.org. Don't miss what's going on over at cbnnews.com and faithwire.com. News from a Christian perspective. Lord willing, that creek don't rise. We'll be back here tomorrow with more. God bless. See you then.